And I've got a word from God for you today. And poke your neighbor and say, he's got a word from God for you today. Now, Sonny, I didn't hear Donna scream, so you got to do that harder. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verse 5, verse, uh, verses 5 through 25. And if you've got it, when you get it, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word. Also, if you follow us on Version notes, they're in here in Version, And you can uh, tap into that. You can save that and always be able to go back to it. But welcome every, every mother. We want to honor, before I get in the reading of God's word, first of all, I want to honor all of our mothers. So let's give it up. In fact, let me just bless you right now. Father, we bless each and every mama in this house. God, all the blood, sweat, and tears, everything they do, everything they go through. Father, God, we know, uh, Lord Jesus, the weight on them is, is immense, God. And they're the, they're the glue that holds the household together in most cases. And so we bless them in Jesus' name right now, God. May you fill them with peace. May you fill and give them every heart's desire. In the name of the Lord we pray. Amen. Now, gentlemen, one more time. We know, gentlemen, that the women, the mamas, are the ones that are really holding the family together in most cases. So let's give it up one more time, gentlemen, for the mamas in the house. Yeah. Maybe your mama's watching online. I know mine is. Thank you, mama. Amen. All right, Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias. Everybody say Zacharias. Of the division of Abijah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Everybody say Elizabeth. And they were both, I want you to watch this, they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Everybody say they were blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, filled with faith, how shall I know this? Could it be that an angel is talking to you? I don't know. For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you glad tidings, these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple. 
For he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service was completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself for five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away the reproach among my people. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what you're about to teach us, what you're going to speak to us, and how you're going to challenge us. Lord, I pray let this word fall on the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. God, anoint me to speak forth your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Father, I ask you to circumcise our hearts today. God, I ask you to melt every hard, crusty, rebellious heart, Father, and anybody that's watching online or in the sound of my voice and make their hearts, our hearts soft and pliable in your sight. Lord, I ask you, according to Proverbs 21 and 1, you said the heart of the king is in the hand of God. And just like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Do that with our hearts. Lord, I bind, Father God, blind eyes to the gospel today. And I ask you to enlighten the eyes of our understanding. I ask you to open our eyes to the glorious gospel of Jesus. I bind, Father God, deaf and dull ears. And I ask you to let us hear what the Spirit is saying today. I bind a sleeping spirit and I command every spirit to wake up in this house in the name of Jesus to you, God, and to the things of God and the word of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Hold your Bibles up and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen, amen. If you're cool with it and got a green bracelet, high five somebody. If not, give my air a high five and tell them it's good to see them. I want to tell you, I still believe that God is a miracle-working God. I saw a lady in our church in Bremen. She had terrible back pain. One leg was uh, uh, shorter than the other, and I watched her sit in a chair and watched her pray, and I watched her leg grow. I watched her leg grow to perfect distance between the other one and never had any more back trouble I've seen myself dive for a softball on a, on a softball field and crack my wrist right in two and God healed me on the softball field instantly I've been standing at a hotel in Jerusalem and I watched as some lady said she felt the need to pray for my wife had no idea anything about my wife that she was dealing with some nodules in her throat and all of a sudden my wife said man my throat's hot. My throat's it's hot in here. What's going on? And God healed her nozzles right there. I want to tell you, God is still a miracle-working God. I'm going to say it again. I said God is still a miracle-working God. The word miracle means an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. The healing miracles described... In the Gospels, that's actually Webster's Dictionary today, actually defines it that way. Miracles are the glimpses of the glory of God. You're going to hear some more about the glory of God next week. Anytime you see a miracle, you have just witnessed some of the glory of God. Somebody say amen. Well, one of the things that I have come across, and one of the things that I have seen in my ministry is people pray, 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 pray for miracles... 
but then they don't live for the Lord, they don't live a holy lifestyle, and they do things their own way, and they don't receive, and then they blame God, when the problem all along is, God does miracles, but he does it for people that are sold out to him. So point number one is this, are you a godly person? Poke your neighbor and ask them, say, are you a godly person? Boy, that's not very affirmative today. Shout it out, are you a godly person? Because in verse 6, the Bible says some pretty cool and exciting things and, and really astounding things about Zacharias and Elizabeth. You have to understand that the Bible doesn't exaggerate. The Bible doesn't lie. It tells it like it is. As one preacher said, it tells it like a T.I. is. <laughs> the Bible says they were righteous before God. They were in right standing before God. They lived according to what God's standards were and are. The second thing it says in verse 6 is that they walked in the commandments of God. So not only were they in righteous standing before God and right standing before Him based on they were living according to His Word, the Bible goes on to declare that they followed the commandments of the Lord. In other words, their thoughts, their words, their actions all lined up to please God in all they did. And then the Bible says they stood before the Lord Blameless. Everybody shout blameless. Blameless means irreproachable, faultless, unblameable, free from fault or defect. These were people of God. These were people of God that God said in three different ways in one verse that they were right in His sight. Now, I want to tell you something. When you live right before God, at some point, God's going to answer your prayers. They were faithful. They lived in such a way that nobody could openly accuse them of willful sin. Daniel, in the book of Daniel, they were, they were searching after him and to find some fault. And the Bible says they could find no evil in Daniel. As a matter of fact, Jesus walked up to a man named Nathaniel. And he said, ah, a man in whom there is no Guile, wouldn't it be great for God to say that about you and I? I got a question. What about you and I? Are you living according to what the Bible says? Are the scriptures suggestions to you that you can casually dismiss? Or are they commands from God that must be obeyed? I didn't know what Holly was going to do up here. She was obviously led by the Spirit of God. But Hebrews 12, 14 says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Everybody say Holiness without which no one will see the Lord. There are so many people deceived in the church today. I personally know people that live together, the, the, the boyfriend and the girlfriend, they live together as if they are married and go to church and think they're right with God and they're going to heaven. And I'm going to tell you something, if they don't repent, they're going to hell. I'm going to keep preaching the Word of God. Yes, I am. There are people in the church that think abortion's okay. They vote for people that stand for abortion. They won't mind their family members having abortions. They don't mind living together, sleeping together, getting drunk. And they think, well, I can go to church on Sunday, throw my hands in the air, and sing a few songs. I want to tell you something. God is serious. They're not suggestions. They are commandments. God is calling His people to a place of holiness 
again. You say, Pastor Dallas, it's 3 o'clock. It's Indiana. You keep preaching like this, we'll have nobody left. Hey, listen, I'm going to preach what God says to preach and let God worry about the results. Somebody say amen. I feel a stirring in my heart here today. I feel God just trying to wake up his church and say, what do I have to do to get your attention? What is it going to take? I want to tell you there needs to be a good calling of repentance to the altar. There needs to be a good shedding of tears. There needs to be a good godly sorrow that leads us to repentance. Because heaven and hell is at stake. Somebody shout glory! They're called Ten Commandments, not suggestions. Of all the attributes that the angels could cry, you heard Holly earlier, they cry holy, holy, holy. Not love, not faithful, not joy, although God is those things. They cry holy. Three times in the scriptures, you will find 1 Peter 1.16 is one of them. It says, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Be ye holy is not a suggestion. It is a command. I'm going to tell you God is serious about his word. I don't know what's going on today, but I've had a heaviness on me today, and Holly has too. And I just feel like there's somebody in here, or maybe you're watching me online, wherever you're watching from, and you're torn. God's drawn you one way, and you're trying to go a different way, and God is pleading and saying, hey, get it right. I'm telling you, where has the good old-fashioned, good gospel preaching of repentance gone in America? If you're watching me online and all you want to do is hear a preacher that's always going to give you nothing but good news, you need a new preacher. If you only want the scriptures and passages that give you good stuff, you're going to have to write a whole lot of the Bible out. Because I want to tell you, we tend, we're sheep and we go the wrong way and we need correction. Can somebody say amen? Does anybody want to hear the truth anymore? Does anybody want to hear what the Bible says? Does anybody want to hear good old-fashioned preaching that says, hey, we need to repent at the foot of an old rugged cross and make sure our hearts are right before God? Woo! So they're righteous. Everybody say they're blameless. Listen, it's one thing for me to say you're blameless, but when God says you're blameless... You are the real deal. How many knows what I'm talking about? Okay? But here's what I find interesting in the Bible. They're righteous before God. They obey all the commands of God. They, have, they are blameless before the Lord, but they have a problem. Point number two is this. Do you have a problem? Just ask your neighbor, say, do you have a problem? Now, be careful saying that to your spouse. <laughs> We don't want all that aired out in here. Save that for the car ride home. Amen? Do you have problems? Listen, Zacharias and Elizabeth had a problem despite being righteous before God and obeying all his commands. Zacharias, his name means remembered of Jehovah. Everybody say remembered of Jehovah. I'm going somewhere now. So every time, watch this. Every time Elizabeth calls him, Zacharias, it's, it's, hey, remembered by God. 
Every time another priest said, hey, Zacharias, can you come here? Hey, remembered by God, can you come here? His whole life, he has been told, and he's well advanced in age. We don't know how old he is, but he's an old man by this point. And his whole life, he has been told, remembered by God. Every time they call his name, remembered by God. But I am sure he has felt anything but remembered by God. I'm sure instead of every time they call him Zacharias and say remembered by God, he probably thinks to himself, yeah, I'm forgotten by God. What about you? (laughs) Have you ever been to the place, or maybe you're here right now, where instead of remembered by God, you feel forgotten by God? Have you been praying for healing and feel like God doesn't hear me? Do you have a lost loved one you're praying for? And it feels like God has turned a deaf ear to you. You feel like you're throwing prayers up to a brass heaven because, man, the more you pray, the worse they get. Do you have a need of breakthrough and it feels like God suddenly doesn't know your name anymore? What do you do when your name is remembered by God and you feel like God forgot you? Are you lost and feel like God has forgotten where you live? Do you have bills to pay and feel like, well, God ran out of money? Do you walk in the door and you're trying to figure out how am I going to pay the electric bill and someone pulls up in a nice, shiny, brand new automobile and look what God has done for me. And you're thinking, God done for you. I'm going to knock you out. I can't pay my power bill. Oh, I'm going to get real here today. Are you desperate for a miracle and it seems like God is giving everyone a... Everyone else a miracle but you? (laughs) Are you depressed and discouraged and feel like God is playing my heart bleeds in the smallest record player in the world? Do you feel like it's useless to pray? Do you feel like why bother asking anymore because I'll never get my miracle because I've been forgotten by God? And all the while you're walking with your head down saying, God is not hearing my prayers. God's not answering my prayers. And every time they call your name, hey, remembered by God, remembered by God. And you just want to shout back at somebody and say, I'm not remembered by God. He didn't hear anything I got to say. And right now I don't want to hear nothing about worshiping him. Oh, I'm going to preach. Now, many of you will never be care to admit that you've been there before, but we weren't with you in your prayer closet this week or in the car ride to work when nobody else was there. I had somebody this week say, well, it was a bad day for me. Every two or three minutes, I had to repent before God, and I'm just tired of having to repent because right now, I am not happy. And yours truly wasn't about to ask what went down. Amen. So you got remembered by God, who's an old man, wants nothing more than to have a child and feels forgotten by God. And he's married to Elizabeth, watch this, whose name means one whose oath is to God. Whoa. So remembered by God and one whose oath to God have a problem. They can't have a child. They can't have the miracle they so desperately want. Her oath was to God, but she didn't have what she wanted the most in life. Do you feel like you have given your life to God that your oath is to live for Him for the rest of your life? But it seems like His oath isn't to you. Do you feel like your oath is to serve Him all the days of your life and you want to throw your hands in there and say, what's the use? 
says, his oath ain't to me. What do you do, sir or ma'am, when your oath is to God and you're remembered by God and it seems like God has forgotten you? Can I just preach today? You see, being righteous and doing the right things, watch this, does not free us from problems. Matthew 5, 45 says, He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Elizabeth was unable to conceive even though they were elderly, faithful followers of God. Let's read between the lines. In other words, these were not new people to the kingdom. These were not novices. These were tried and true followers of God. They had been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt. Listen to this statement and look on the overhead and pay close attention to what I'm going to tell you. We must never assume that trials and difficulties only come our way because of our disobedience. There are times that you can be blameless before God and still have some big problems. It's called life. You can be right in the middle of the will of God and still have problems and be in a severe trial. But God, I thought when I served you, my marriage was going to be hunky-dory. Maybe, maybe not. But God, I served you. I thought you were going to save all my kids. And man, we're going to have this leave it to beaver family. Maybe, maybe not. But God, I thought if my oath was to you, that you'd remember me. And, I, and, the, and the doctor's report would go, I'd be healed. Well, yes, the healing is for you. Maybe it hasn't manifested yet. But listen, does it mean you're not going to face difficulties? Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 37. That day when evening came, watch this. He said, everybody say, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took him along just as he was in the boat. And they were with all the other boats with him. A furious squall came up. The waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Now listen, if this story happened today, there would be people out there saying, Brother, where's the sin in your life? There's some kind of open door. God's told you to do something and you didn't do it. You need to get your heart. You get something wrong in there somewhere. No. Listen. Jesus said, get in the boat and go to the other side. And they, they couldn't possibly be anymore in the will of God. Number one, they did exactly what God told them to do. Number two, they're exactly where God told them to be. Number three, Jesus is in the boat with them. And yet a furious squall shows up and almost sinks the boat. I want to tell you something. If you're in here under the sound of my voice, or if you're watching me through this video camera right now and on screen, wherever you're watching from, or you're listening on Spotify, I want to tell you, if you're faced with a severe trial or problem, it may not be that you've got some heinous sin in your life. Having no children was a terrible calamity to people of this day. They were seen as a blessing from God. Listen, a Jew whose wife could not bear children was thought to have been cut off from God. It was so severe to not have a child in this day and age for a woman that the husband was actually, watch this, expected to divorce his wife, remarry, and have children through her. In other words, you got a time period, you can't give me children, you're out because God's cut you off. Can you imagine how much they suffered? 
Can you imagine how much it hurt to not have children? As a priest, to see other families come to the temple on day eight to dedicate their baby and tears of joy streaming down their face as you're being asked as the priest to dedicate their baby to the Lord and there's tears of joy and you do your duty because that's what you do only to go home and cry tears of hurt and pain to your wife because you ain't got no baby. Can we be real? What about you? Are you happy for other people when they have another child, but inside you have gut-wrenching anguish because you don't have your miracle? Does the laughter of someone else's child sting deep inside of you? Do you weep in the night over not having a child yourself? Or not having the miracle you would like when somebody else says, God healed me, the doctors can't figure it out. And you go home and say, well, I'm glad for them, but what about me? Hey, remembered by God, here I am. Remember, my oath was to you. Isaiah 56, 8 says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Listen, God sees every tear. He sees your pain and he sympathizes with what you're going through. Do you long for the opportunity to change diapers, give your own baby a bottle, hug and kiss and love on your little baby of your own? God is the one who gives you that desire, and God's the one that can make that happen. I wanted a son. Holly said two was enough. So I'd lay my hand on her belly when she'd go to sleep, and I'd say, thank you, Lord, for my son. Oh, God, open this womb and give me a boy. She didn't know. She was sleeping. Well, I prayed it. She come to me one day. She said, Dallas, I'm pregnant. It's my son. I knew it was, and yes, he was. Amen. Zacharias and Elizabeth were elderly, the Bible says. Not only did they have a giant problem, they didn't have a child. The Bible says they were well advanced in years. That's a nice way of saying they were really old and their sexual organs didn't work anymore. Is it okay to say that in church? God's the one that gave them to us, right? The womb was shut down. He was shut down. Everything was shut down. The factory was empty and gone. They had passed the age of bearing children. Okay, everybody got that point? They weren't the only ones ever. This happened to other people in the Bible. In fact, Romans chapter 4, verse 17 through 22. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. In hope against hope, he believed. My God. In hope against hope, he believed. Man, can we say that? Abraham, in hope against hope, still believed. So that he might become a father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall your descendants be. Without being weak in faith, he contemplated his own body now as good as dead. The factory was closed. Since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Her womb wasn't just not functioning anymore. It was gone, dead, over. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith. Instead of getting more discouraged, he grew stronger in faith. Man, that's a miracle and a grace from God. 
giving glory to God and being fully assured. I must say fully assured. Fully assured when they're at that age, knowing it is humanly impossible, he will still fully assure. You can't write the Bible and lie. This is, they were fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. In other words, it was humanly impossible, but because God spoke it, he somehow still believed, his faith still grew, and he was fully assured that somehow, some way, God was still able. Wow! They were in an impossible situation. The answer to the problem of childlessness was not found in Abraham or Zacharias. Just like Elizabeth, they were too old for childbearing. Zacharias could not make Elizabeth pregnant, neither could Abraham Sarah. Her having a child and having her honor restored could not depend on him. Her situation was impossible and hopeless. And I'm preaching to people here today that you're in a situation you think is hopeless and impossible. But man, that's just where God starts. When you get to the end of your rope, that's where he just begins. When you finally throw your hands in the air and go, I give up. That's when God says, well, I've been waiting on this. You're pretty strong-willed, but eventually I knew you'd come around. Her only solution, listen, her only solution, everybody say one solution. Her only solution for her problem in life was God. Your only solution for your spouse to get saved is God. Your only solution for your family member or your child to get saved, God. Your only solution to get healed God. Your only solution for breakthrough? God. Your only solution for deliverance? God. The only solution for, for provision? God. In other words, the equation is whatever you have need of, if it's impossible and hopeless to you, you got one choice, and that is believe God's word. You may have no way out of your situation and hopeless and your divine miracle is your only option. Listen, quit looking for answers everywhere else and look to God. Quit looking to humans, watch this, and your own human craftiness to try to solve your problem. And just go to God. If you've tried everything else, like the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, feel like you spend everything you have, your wits, your money, everything, man, you're in a good place, then just go to God. Because he's still a miracle-working God. I said he's still a miracle-working God. What do you do when you think your womb is dead? What do you do when the devil whispers in your ear and says, hey, you, you, you can't, you'll never get pregnant? You can't have children. What do you do when the devil whispers in your ear and says, your spouse, your family, they ain't never getting saved? What do you do when the devil whispers in your ear and says, miracle, you're in fantasy land. You're going to die with that problem. You know what you do? You do what Zacharias did. He worshiped God by being faithful to his calling. Everybody say he did what he was supposed to do. Point number three, worship God. Everybody say, worship God. 
In verse 8 through 10, the Bible tells us that Zacharias was faithful to his priesthood. He was faithful to his call. He was faithful to do what he was supposed to be doing. Now, what is that? Very briefly. In the temple's daily worship, incense was burned by the, on the altar by a priest before the morning and evening sacrifice. Now, the incense symbolized the sacrifices that were being offered up to God. They considered, listen, the burning of incense to be the highest privilege and honor of any priestly function. To burn incense was the highest as it got. He was faithful to his duties, listen, despite not having his greatest desires. What about you? If you have the gift of hospitality, are you faithfully serving in the kingdom of God? In that area, even though you don't have your greatest desires, Zacharias and Elizabeth did. If you have the gift of giving, are you faithfully giving even though you don't have what you really want in your hand? If you have the gift of teaching, are you teaching in spite of not having what you want the most? If your gift is leadership, are you leading in spite of not having the desire and the miracle you want the most in your life? If your gift is music, are you, not, are you refraining from that because you don't have what you want? Are, are we, am I preaching to two-year-olds that when it doesn't go their way on the playground, they take their ball and go home? Because sometimes that's what adults in the church act like. Well, when God gives me my miracle, I guess I'll use my gift for him. Well, maybe one day when God does what I want him to do, then I will use my voice to bless people and sing on the stage. Or I will meet, come out early and greet at the front door. Zacharias didn't have that attitude. He said, I'm going to be faithful to what God has called me to do whether I get it or I don't. I'm going to preach somebody. I have a question. Are you still willing to live for God, serve God, be faithful to God in what he's called you to do if you never get your greatest desire? Let me ask it another way. Are you willing to live for the blesser and not get the blessings? Because in a lot of churches around the world, they want to tell you God's going to bless, 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 bless. And then what happens is we come to Santa Claus, we don't come to God. Can you live for the blesser and never get the blessings? Zacharias did. You see, he was faithful in his worship duties despite his problems and his lack of blessings. They estimate at this time there were 24,000 priests. So watch this. It is very likely this was the one and only time ever that Zacharias could burn incense before God. And instead of saying, I've been praying my whole life and I don't have what I want, he went in there and he faithfully did his duties. So they're righteous people, they have a big problem, they're faithful to do what God called them to do. And the last point is this, <laughs> your prayers are heard by God. That's what the angel said then and that's what he's saying today. God sent an angel to tell him, Zacharias, I've got good news. You've prayed a long time. You've believed a long time. You're blameless before God. You have been faithful before me. Guess what? <laughs> the answer's on the way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to preach to somebody here. Watch this now. The angel shows up to the right side of the altar where God normally, they, they thought God showed up and revealed himself, and he thought, I'm going to die because he thought it was God. But it's an angel, and the angel says, your prayer is Heard. Everybody say, your prayer is heard. Man, you're going to love this part of the message. Here we go. There is no telling how many years Zacharias and Elizabeth prayed prayers. 
for a child. There is no telling how many 21-day fasts they participated in. There is no telling how many years when the calendar clock ticked over to the next year that Zacharias looked at Elizabeth and said, this is our year. I have a question for you. How many prayers have you offered up to God for your miracle? How many fasts have you participated in? How many tears have you shed? How many times, sir, have you looked at your wife and said, baby, this is our year? Only to have another calendar year go, and it wasn't your year, and it seemed like things just got worse. Your prayer is heard. Woo! <laughs> Listen, God didn't just want him to know his prayer was heard any old way. He sent an angel. You say, well, that's not a big deal. Okay, I, how many of you has God sent an angel to you and showed himself and told you your prayers are heard? I'd like to see a showing of hands. Interesting, nobody raising their hands. Evidently, they had, listen, evidently, Zacharias and Elizabeth had gotten to a place in life where they either thought, what's the use in quit praying for a child or gave up hope that could ever be answered? Are you there? Have you given up hope for your dream? Have you given up hope for your miracle? Have you given up hope for your loved one to come home to Jesus? I've got good news for you. Just like the angel told Zacharias, God is telling us today, your prayers are heard. Woo! Aren't you glad God doesn't have a deaf ear that he cannot hear what we're saying? Man, I'm, I'm telling somebody. The angel begins to tell him, this is how wonderful your son's going to be. Can you believe? Can you believe how wonderful your little child is going to be? And how wonderful it's going to be to be a parent? Can you believe if you hear from God? Can you believe how wonderful it's going to be to walk in your miracle? Can you see yourself healed? Can you see yourself delivered? Can you see yourself holding that? miracle in your hands can you dream and imagine the angel says not only has God heard you now listen they're old man the factory's been shut down and he says you're going to name him John now he's naming a child that seems impossible what do you do when you prayed for something for 50 years and it doesn't come to pass and all of a sudden God says well not only am I going to do it here's the name of it See, we want to kick Zacharias, but would we be any different? He said, you're going to call his name John. The name John says the Lord has shown favor. Some of us need to start walking around and call our miracle the Lord has shown favor. Because Psalm 30 and 5 says, for his anger endures but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Luke 2, 52, and Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature in favor with God and with men. I want to tell you, we got to quit walking around, licking our wounds, saying God has forgotten us, and start looking and saying, God, thank you for my miracle. Thank you for giving me favor. Start naming that miracle. Their miracle was named John. Your miracle may be I'm healed. Amen. My miracle is I'm delivered. I'm set free. I got no more bondage. Addictions are behind me. I'm saved. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the twinkle in God's eye. Somebody, you need to start naming your miracle. Woo! Is anybody hearing me? 
Now see, the battle is over your faith because in verse 18, Zechariah simply could not believe God's spoken word. Watch this. Because of his natural circumstance. I need you to hear this. He could not believe. The dude is looking at an angel. Not just any angel. Gabriel. He would have known who Gabriel was because he knew the Old Testament. And Gabriel appeared to Daniel. This is an archangel. This like isn't even one of the little guardian angels. This is like the dude angel. The dude shows up in the flesh and says, God has heard your prayers. And he said, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that Zacharias. <laughs> that crazy guy. But about an hour ago, a wonderful worship leader said, God's in the house. And there were some of you in here said, oh, yeah. Don't feel like it. Well, maybe that's because you ain't worshiping. Because I felt like it right here in the front row. I felt God all over me. Amen. See, I'm telling you, we got to get ourselves right before God. We got to realize what we got going on. We are no different than Zacharias. What about you? Can you believe God's spoken word in spite of your natural circumstances? All Zacharias could see was his natural circumstances, and it was a problem he couldn't solve. He could not believe God's spoken word. What about you? But, Pastor, you don't know what the doctor said. I don't know what the doctor said. And it may be grim and bare, but I know what God said. And God said, By his stripes, you were healed. Oh, but pastor, you don't know what my grandson or my daughter is doing. You don't understand what's going on. I may not understand all that, but I know you and your household will be saved. I want to tell you, we got to quit looking at our natural circumstances and look to what did God Almighty say? Hey, can you believe God for a child in spite of the OBGYN saying you ain't getting pregnant, you just might as well adopt? Can you believe God for your healing in spite of the doctor saying it's terminal cancer, get your house in order because you're going to die? Can you believe God for your financial miracle in spite of the bill collector saying we're going to repossess the house, the car, and oh, by the way, we're cutting the water and utilities off as well? Anybody hearing me? See, we look at this story and we say, oh, Zacharias, and I'm talking, let's pull it up in your driveway. Can you believe God, watch this, in spite of whatever natural circumstances that you were up against? Zacharias asked the angel, how can this be seeing I'm so advanced in years? I have a question. Did he really think that the angel of God sent by God didn't know how old he was? How can this be? I'm an old man. Did he really think the angel was going to go, oh, somebody get me some glasses. I thought I was talking to a 22-year-old. Did he really think Gabriel was going to go, uh, God, did we go to the right house? I, mean, where, I don't know what's going on here. I'm confused. Do you really think God doesn't know how old you are or where you live? Do you really think God doesn't know how long you've been praying? Do you really think God doesn't know how many tears that you've cried? He already said he collects them in a bottle. 
Do you really think God hasn't heard what you had to say and seen the heartache you're going through? I'm preaching to somebody better than your amen and amen. I'll amen myself. That's good preaching, Dallas. Amen, it is. It really is. Amen. Do you really think, do you really think that God doesn't know you're running out of time? Do, do you really think God's sitting in heaven going, Oh, why didn't somebody tell me? It's over for Zacharias and Elizabeth. What are we going to do? Gabriel, get down there and do something. I don't know. Just tell him I sent you. Do we really think God doesn't know where we're at in life? Do you really think God doesn't know? Watch this. Here we go. Do you really think God doesn't know your limitations and deficiencies when he calls you to something? Well, you're the wrong guy. I ain't no preacher. I ain't no teacher. I can't greet at no front door. Oh, so now you think God suddenly doesn't know what you're capable of and what your deficiencies are. I'm preaching. Do you really think God doesn't know what your natural circumstances are? Listen, God is bigger than your natural circumstances. I'm almost done. Here we go. So verse 20, the angel does something that to us looks like punishment. To me, it looks like mercy. He says, here's what we're going to do, big boy. I'm shutting your mouth. I'm shutting it down until the day this child's born. This is not punishment, but mercy. Why? Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. God was going to ensure, watch this, that Zacharias didn't negate and abort his own miracle with his mouth. The angel said, the only way you're getting this miracle is if I shut your mouth, because you will kill your own miracle. I wonder how many miracles have been right there at the tip of our finger and in a fit of rage we abort mission on God because we can't control our tongues. Joshua 6, nobody says a word till the walls come down. Why? Because I know y'all, I didn't heard all the whining and complaining 40 years ago. This ain't happening to me again. Nobody says a word about nothing till the walls fall down. Joshua realized they'd negate it. Listen, I believe people ask for a miracle of some sort. Listen, God hears our prayers. God answers them. And before the miracle can manifest, we curse our own prayers and our miracles with our tongues. And we negate the miracle working power of God. And then we say, God, why didn't you hear me? God says, what? You killed it yourself. Musicians, please come. Or singers or whatever you got going today. God, please help me pay my bills and get debt free. Yes. And they leave the altar. Oh, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. And three days later in a fit of frustration, I'll never be able to pay these bills and I'm always going to be in debt. You just killed everything you prayed and believed for. God heal my body. Yes, I'm healed. Yes. A week later, I guess I'm going to have to live with this ailment for the rest of my life. God, please save my loved one. Oh, man, little Johnny's coming home. Woo! Two weeks later, well, I guess you're always going to be a screwball. God, please release my miracle. A day later, well, miracles are fairy tales. God doesn't do them anymore. What will you do today? Will you believe God? Will you offer up your prayers to God today? 
Will you worship and continue to be faithful in spite of not holding your miracle? Will you only confess and declare God's word, his promises, no matter how hopeless the situation may seem? Because God is still a miracle-working God. And if you want to just sit back and say, you know, I'll just play it cool today and pretend this message for somebody else and I'll go home and I'll get serious with God at home. Hey, that's your business. But if there's anybody in here that says, man, I want to repent, first of all, for not living right, not believing God, killing my own miracle, speaking death over situations. You say, man, pastor, I, I want to believe for a child. I, I know there's somebody watching or somebody in here. You, the doctors have told you you can't have a child. Maybe you have one you say, I want another child. God has something different to say. You say, Pastor, my situation's hopeless. Bring your hopeless situation to a God who excels in hopeless and impossible situations. For with God, Matthew 19, 26 says, all things are possible. Whew. I'm going to ask some people to bring their hopeless, broken hearts to an altar. And find a spot. And just say, God, here I am again. I've prayed for little Johnny to come home for 15 years, 30 years, 50 years. And it just seems like there's no hope. God, I believe you at your word. But every time I go to the doctor, they say it's getting worse. Forgive me, God, for not being faithful. God, put hope in me again. Would you come? The altar's open. Would you just to come?